All right, welcome back. Episode 33 um, of the Three Stooges of Basketball podcast is probably going to be my laziest intro of all time, but Eric made it seem like I was supposed to be a puppet to do a little dance and do an intro or something, so I'm just putting zero effort into this whatsoever. Um, So welcome back. Um, You know, full week of college basketball in the books. Uh, We've all been to, you know, Big Ten Arena, Um, checked out a couple couple teams, and uh, you know, we've been out and about. Mason's put some put some miles on himself. Eric's even gotten to yell about the Gophers in person for the first time since last. Well, that be March. Um, I don't know if they made it to March. Um, in the barely, but fourth March fourth um, barely again barely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I guess you might as well just start there. Um, high school stuff will start up in Minnesota and and uh, Wisconsin here in the next like week plus. Um, then we'll be able to get into some more high school stuff. But there's plenty of college stuff to get to today so shout out shout out day one of minnesota starting practices today yeah your guys are slow to the slow to the party but it's fine yeah shout out Um, to indiana for having practices for a month now (laughs) starting games three weeks ago yep shout out wisconsin for having their first uh first game day tomorrow so super excited about that but um eric is i i'm sure there's plenty you want to talk about um Mm -hmm. so let's let's just hear what you got to say about watching your your uh you know your beloved gophers in action for the first time this season well we talked about a little bit off the thing there's it's i'm very excited for wednesday's game because i feel like wednesday's actually a game where you can learn something about your team or at least positive something about your team the two teams they played long island chicago state no offense to them dog water they're not great you don't learn a whole lot. I mean, you learn what you shouldn't be doing at times or that you should beat them. You're winning by an average of 30 plus points a game. You're averaging, I think, got 96 points a game right now. It's nice to see a lot of the bench that maybe won't get play later on in the game. Marbron, just Marbron. Like, let's be honest. I don't care what anyone says. She's a top five player in the in the state state in in, in the in the conference she's i mean she's making 25 look easy for the majority of the first half yesterday she's beating chicago state her damn self her three-point shot looks nice everything's smooth she's averaging three steals a game um like well like we talked about i said next up is ndsu which is a huge step up from the two teams you played um i'm curious for both teams because like we talked about brady before we started this NDSU is kind of you don't really know what to read from them either they've been absolutely blown out by Creighton who's a top 25 team and then they absolutely blew out a D2 team in Jamestown so somewhere in the middle they're there I think both teams are going to maybe get challenged for the first time and push back a little bit Um, I guess I would say my concerns because I'll be fair as a fan I don't think we should have 21 turnovers against Long Island and it's not even just that we were forced into them it was Again, a press was throwing them for a loop-de-loop. It was lazy passes. Like, we've all watched basketball. The easiest pass to pick off is from one wing to the other wing across the front of the like the front of the top of the key. It's the easiest pass to pick off. And if you put zero effort in that pass, it's going to get picked off. So, cleaned up a little bit more of the turnovers against Chicago State. Less dumb passes. But I would say when uh, two freshmen are your second and third leading scorers, might want to get that sophomore class going outside of Bron Mamba. She's unstoppable. She's the greatest thing that's ever happened to the program in decades. 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 Okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to touch on in particular? Here, you're always one with uh, to have something to say. So I, I don't want to limit you. 
to, to, to golden gopher topics. I feel like you have plenty on well, your mind because I mean, we'll, we'll for, for people again, before you go, just, just so everyone knows I ever pretty much every day, he's got something to say about something. So he mm-hmm. always, he, he calls me pretty much every day, um, letting me know that, you know, either someone that he doesn't like did very poorly or that someone he likes did very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, we'll get to Rose and Sarah when we get, when we do recap, we'll get to Rose, Misha and Sarah Scali getting absolutely embarrassed on national television. We'll get to that. Um, we'll also talk about, but now we, we, a team we might not get to that I'll give Brady a shout out to. How's Wisconsin free throw shooting going? Uh, I think they're at like 62%, 63 so, To reiterate there. this year, the reason Minnesota, I've, I'm very confident that Minnesota is going to be better than Wisconsin. Two words. Mara Braun. Oh, I did not think that's where <laughs> that was going. That was Neither did I. Quick turn. I thought you were going to say free throw shooting. No, Mara, I was Ron. like, how is free throw shooting two words? <laughs> I thought he was going to say free throws. Nope, Mara, yeah. Ron. There's, the, Wisconsin, you could add up the talent on that team, and they don't have one-eighth of what Mara is. And I mean Can that I follow is, up with something? Yes. Um, so Mara Braun is a sophomore, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> so Mara, Mara Braun played college basketball last year, right? No. Laura did. Laura Braun. Hey, Mason. Mar- Mara Braun is a sophomore, right? <laughs> um, I think that's Laura. Oh, sorry, my bad. Uh, is that is that we're gonna call her now? Is that just gonna be the whenever the there's bit, a bad game? It's Laura Braun. Whenever it's a bad game, it's Laura Braun. Oh well, I was just gonna make sure that you know she was on. Laura Braun was on that team that that lost to Wisconsin twice this year. Also, not shooting for the not shooting for the stars. Just pretty much highlighting that you're gonna beat Wisconsin. Yeah, this year just doesn't really feel like you're shooting for the stars with that one. Oh, after <laughs> hey, the first hey. two games, I can re I can re I I should have taken Mason's bet. When he said the Gophers are going to stay within seven of UConn, they'll be lucky to stay within thirty-seven of UConn. The way they're playing the first two games, <laughs> and that's coming from me. And I love the Gophers, but Mar Braun's going to have to score eighty. That's why you call it Braun Mamba, right? Mamba. <laughs> yeah. What if she scores thirty or eighty-one points? Exactly. Then she's queen of the state. For the life, for is life. She, is she, oh, for life. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> what were you uh, gonna say, Mason, before you rudely interrupted? Sorry. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't even remember. It was probably just some jab at what Eric was saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that game is is gonna be closer than thirty-seven for sure. Um, we might have thirty-seven I, turnovers. Maybe. But that doesn't mean you can't win. Drake beat Drake beat St. Louis last week by double digits, uh, and they had I think it was twenty six turnovers. Um, however, I think it'll be closer uh, because if you look at the RPI and the Warren Warren Nolan who brings all together all the math stuff, he's predicting a fourteen point loss for Minnesota, and I think that sounds pretty close i mean north or uh, uconn just lost at north carolina state by 11 um their defense was quite horrendous as well in that game um you know north north carolina state did shoot the absolute you know cover off the ball shooting over 60 percent from the field and they also shot 28 free throws so that obviously had 
you know, that was a big difference in the game. Um, you know, and, and the fact that they also out rebounded them by almost, I think it was like 13. Um, so I think that, I think Minnesota, I think it'll, I still think it'll be a close game. Um, I think you know, Minnesota and, is efficient offensively. Sure. I think it'll be close. Now, if Minnesota is not efficient and they're not rebounding the ball, then it could be a blowout. I think, you know, in all theory, I think Mara would have to have a Thania Rivers like game for because you're going to have to have someone be that's kind of how you're going to beat you kind of that unstoppable player. And then the rest of them kind of just pick their spots and pick in. I mean, ideally it would be Mara, but. I'm more worried about, I said, we'll see how Wednesday goes. Cause if they lose Wednesday, I'm, I may need a cocktail or two before Sunday. Oh, well, I mean, I, I feel like that's enough go for talk for now. We're going to definitely have more of it next week. Um, and I'm sure next Eric's going to be a lot more. I'm, I'm sure Eric's going to be a lot more emotionally invested into what the <laughs> conversations like next week, whether they win or lose. Um, so I, I guess, uh, uh, I guess I'll just throw it over, throw it over to Mason and just kind of ask him what uh what his trip was like down to West Lafayette to to check out Purdue. Um, I guess a handful of times, um, for the men's well, and women's games. Yeah, so uh, I was gonna say one more time about Minnesota very quickly, just as an aside. But how lucky is it to have one away game before December thirtieth? I mean, that schedule. It's when you look at it, we're like woof, duh. we're like we're never leaving home. Yeah, it's it's got to be nice when eleven of your first twelve home games are, or eleven of your first twelve games are home games, and then you get kind of a culture shock because your first away game is is at Kentucky, obviously, but then the next one isn't until December thirtieth when you go to Iowa. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a rough one, and that's gonna start a stretch there for for Minnesota of a really. You know, a, a pretty tough six-game stretch with Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Nebraska, Indiana, and Michigan State. Um, you know, Michigan State hasn't you know, been what they usually are, but offensively they've looked really good so far, albeit against, you know, not great competition. So, uh, but yeah, Purdue. Um, yeah, so uh, I've actually been to – how many is it now? Eight. One, two – Three, three Purdue games already uh, this year. Um, and uh, two men's games. And then one women's game. I'll talk more about the women's. Obviously, on the men's side, Purdue's very good. Um, yeah, I'm going to their game tonight against Xavier, which is going to be their first real test. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that one turns out. Uh, but, yeah, on the women's side, it was, it was an interesting week. Obviously, they got uh, – to put it lightly, just destroyed last week by UCLA. Um, and, and I think I talked about it a little bit, but some people are freaking out. I'm really not on the freak out train because freak up, UCLA, freak like they're going to be doing that to a lot of teams this year. Um, but then against Southern, um, you know, they did it look great. Um, you know, they, they looked okay. Southern's just super athletic. Uh, they like to run with the ball. Uh, I thought Purdue did a really nice job defensively in transition. Uh, only allowed, you know, a handful of 
fast break points, but uh, didn't shoot the ball great either. Um, you know, Purdue was six of 20 from beyond the arc. Uh, but I will say they had a lot of open shots. They just weren't knocking them down. And, you know, you, you make, you know, three more of those and you, you know, you win by 26 points instead of 17. And the game looks completely different. Um, Purdue rebounded the crap out of the ball. You know, they shared the ball well. Uh, they're going to be a really good free throw shooting team this year. Uh, I think the the knock on Purdue and, and what's going to hurt them the most is that they don't have a true point guard. Uh, I know Janae Terry runs the point, but she's not a point guard. Um, you know, she'll she'll have games where she, you know, kind of like this, this one against Southern, where she'll have seven points, eight rebounds, and, you know, seven assists. But that stat line, you know, is kind of deceiving because, um, you know, she's still not really a true point guard um, and, and doesn't set up the offense as well as a true point guard probably would. Um, so for that reason, you know, and, and Abby Ellis, who also runs the point at times, also isn't a true point guard either. Um, and so, you know, they had 21 turnovers against Southern, which isn't great. A lot of them were on um, bad post-entry passes. Um, both Caitlin Harper and um, – Mary Ashley Stevenson had four turnovers apiece, but I thought a couple of those probably could have gotten the guards on entry passes. So that's something they're going to really have to clean up. And then, you know, they, they have, you know, a really good couple of tests this next two weeks where they play Texas A&M, Florida, and then they play Georgia. So you're going to really have to see some improvement here quickly. Um, and then they have four games they should win. And then they get right into Big Ten play. Um, so I think they're going to be okay. Uh, they're projected right now to go, uh, 11, 18 and five and 13 of the big 10. I don't really think that's probably, probably accurate because, you know, I, I don't see them, you know, losing all the games that, you know, they're predicted to, to lose. Like, I don't see them losing to Northwestern twice. I don't see them losing to Michigan state twice. I don't, see them losing to Penn state twice as they have them losing right now. I don't see them, you know, losing to, uh, you know, Dayton by 17 points. Now that's going to be a tough game, but like, I don't think they're going to lose by 17. And also I'm not really quite sure how these predictions are calculated actually, because Dayton's RPI is 251 while produces 177. So doesn't make, too much sense to me, but probably has something to do with, you know, the strength of schedule that they've got right now. And it's so, you know, <clears throat> hit or miss this early in the season. Um, yeah, so I'm just looking next three games, cut down turnovers if possible, run some semblance of offense, hit open shots. Um, you know, I, I will say that in the UCLA and Southern game, Jayla Smith didn't play. Uh, and that's probably their most dynamic score as well. So that could have had you know, definitely had a little bit to do with, um, you know, some of the offensive issues for sure, uh, because she's a, a kid who who played really, really well in the exhibition game and, you know, had a ton of flashes last year, but hasn't played in the first two games, but will probably be playing um, this Thursday. So that's my synopsis on, on Purdue, hoping for 15 and 15. Based off the first game, I know of reactions, but maybe 15 wins. I'd take that. 
Aren't you predicting more for, for Minnesota? Aren't yeah, then I thought turnovers, and I'm like, well, I'm, we're good. Makes sense. Fair enough. Well, I said uh, Minnesota I... could – I think I said Minnesota could get to, what, 20? But I said, what, 17 or 18 probably? I, I think I, I, I think – I think you. I think you ended at seventeen. Yeah, it's like I, I thought Purdue would be right around that same that same area. So, no. is it my turn to talk about my trips to Madison? Is that is that what we're here for now? Yes. No, we, we don't. Want, you don't get to. We want to hear okay. about the last Fair best enough. team in the Big Ten. Yeah. We want to hear about well, the seven five guy that you had to sit behind. Okay, one, he wasn't 7'5". It definitely felt like it because I am very small. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so I went to uh, Madison twice last week to check out um, Wisconsin. Um, they started their year against uh, Milwaukee, and then they uh, played two days later against Western Illinois. Um, I think the most interesting thing with Wisconsin is that there's a lot of um, – I don't want to, I don't know like the best way to describe, but a lot of uncertainty with kind of how the rotation ends up um, and kind of like how it best looks going forward. Um, so early on, they went with a lot of their, um, a lot of the kids that they've trusted for the last like year. So like Sarah Williams, Natalie Leisinger, um, Ronnie oh, Porter. Wow. Yeah. I forget who called, who called her Sarah? Was that the uh, own announcers? Sarah Williams. Oh, yeah. Yep, sorry. That was, that was one a- of the announcers of the Milwaukee game. I yep. saw that highlight and I was like, what in the world? <laughs> the Roe well, Williams is showing out. Well, Ronnie Porter also has gotten the nod after Avril Barbara graduated last year, and she's been solid the first two games for Wisconsin against a couple of mid-major opponents. And then uh, Brooke Schrammick as well is someone they really, really trust. And then uh, Deanna Semenes was uh, the low and uh, um, freshman to, to get a serious tick the first two games. Um, um and uh yeah coming off the bench you have you have some kids who've been been around a little bit too Snyder Copeland is a sophomore um who else came off the bench for them why can't I why can't I think of uh so Snyder Copeland was the main one that came off the bench regardless um but uh there was a lot of just uh kind of clunky play for a little while um in the in the second game against Western Illinois but I will say the first game that they played I thought they did a lot of really good stuff in the first quarter and a half um they were up I believe 29 to 11 or 12 something something like that um then sarah williams ended up uh, taking a nasty fall and um kind of hasn't really been at that same level um since she since she got her hopefully she's you know better going into that south dakota state game because they're going to definitely need her um tomorrow um but yeah then you have all these freshmen that they pulled in um anna Gian, uh who's still kind of getting acclimated to not just you know wisconsin and and madison and and being uh you know kind of new to the program she's also new to the country as well because uh they, they pulled her out of spain um so kind of a big learning curve for her and then uh you know probably the biggest uh you know surprise of the first week was tessa grady coming in in the fourth quarter against western illinois and kind of just you know ripping ripping the nets apart um, she had three threes in the fourth quarter and almost backdoored away into being like one of the leading scorers in that game. So it was that it was that uh, that rough offensively for them. But, you know, they kind of ran away in the second half, winning by like 20 or something. But I think with Wisconsin, there's a lot of um, uh, cautious optimism, I would say. Um, obviously, with a lot of young kids, there's not going to be a whole lot expected of them, um, especially after losing kids like Maddie Wilkie to the portal. Um, but I think there is a, a lot of. Uh, fresh blood there that uh really wants to uh kind of you know make a spot like get a spot in this rotation here and uh 
I think there's a chance that they are better than people expect. Um, does that mean I'm, I would say, Hey, they're an NCAA tournament team. No, um, I would not guess that in a million years. Um, but they do have a lot of kids who on, on any given day can just make a bunch of shots and, uh, really, you know, cause some problems to some teams in the mid-level of big of the big 10, especially, um, they just haven't really been making a lot of shots, um, from the perimeter, but they do have kids who are, who are capable of making them. So again, uh, I will say it again, but cautious optimism probably for Wisconsin coming out of those first two games. Do you have something you want to say, Eric? Because it sure looked like you had something to say there like the whole time. I will I'm happy that they'll get their 10 wins this year. Total. That's lovely. Well, they're only gonna get eight that aren't in the big tanks. They're gonna have to be Minnesota twice to get there and get their annual. Donnie P would never <laughs> Whalen would though. Laura did that. Laura did that. <laughs> oh man. Um, is there any other um kind of games that you guys kind of had absolutely um, on your docket for before before we get to the big oh. ones? Oh no. Before we get to the before we get to the big ones, let's, let's let's start off, you know, some some just some lighter stuff before we let Eric kind of you know go to town on, on some other stuff. Mason, do you have any uh mid-major uh you know takeaways from the first uh for the first couple first couple uh days here? Um yeah. Um, so there were a couple of games that I mentioned last time, uh, obviously an interest to Iowa. Um, you know, Iowa played Northern Iowa. Um, to put it lightly, they just kind of like took them to the woodshed or, or should I say Caleb Clark did um, and, and ended up winning by 41. I think it was, um, you know, Gabby Marshall had a really good game. And like we said prior to the season even starting, you know, what Eric was saying, you know, there has to be shooters around Caitlin Clark because that's when Caitlin Clark's really going to be at her best. Uh, when, when there are kids around the perimeter that can hit shots and, and we were kind of going through who that could be. Um, and, you know, the most obvious one was going to be Gabby Marshall and she knocked down five threes. Um, I know I mentioned Kylie Feuerbach and Taylor McCabe. And they combined to go three to three for four this past week. So, um, or in this game at least. So I think, you know, Caitlin will have shooters around her, which will obviously, uh, you know, space it out for her because, you know, I feel like sometimes her best game is when she's driving, you know, in into the perimeter, into the paint from the perimeter and, and is able to, you know, kind of use her playmaking ability to get to the rim or to get other shots. Um, and I thought she did a really good job of that you know, in that game. Um, and then the other game that I just wanted to mention super quick was the uh, Drake-Iowa State game. Uh, I was able to watch that last night after I got home from the women's game. Um, and Drake looked really solid. Um, they, they, they held Iowa State to zero field goals in the second quarter. Um, all their points came off of free throws. Uh, obviously, Iowa State is young. Um, you know, they're, they're still playing a ton of freshmen. You know, Addie Brown, 27 minutes. Ariana Jackson, 23 minutes. Hannah uh, Belanger, uh, D2 transfer, played 32 minutes. And then off the bench, you had a three freshmen who played 26, 19, 16 minutes. And that's their rotation. So, you know, a D2 transfer and five freshmen. So they're obviously going to be some growing pains. Um, and they didn't make any three pointers in the first half. 
and then came out in the third quarter and knocked down five of six to start the third quarter and really put Drake back on their heels after Drake had a um, 20-point lead at one point in the first half. Uh, came back, actually took the lead in the fourth quarter, but Drake used a really, really good fourth quarter uh, where they scored 33 points to um, you know, kind of take them down. Um, and, and Iowa State just couldn't get any sort of continuity flowing on the offensive end. So those were two games that I was, you know, obviously the most interested in. Uh, and I think they probably went about how I thought they would go. Um, but like, even, even past those games, you could see that the Missouri Valley was one of the best conferences in the country last year. And they're, they're obviously going to be, one of the best again in the, in the mid major ranks and low major ranks, obviously not power five, but um, because, you know, UIC also took down Milwaukee, um, you know, Illinois state got kind of shelled by green Bay, but that was really the only, only black mark on the, on the conference as a whole this, this week, because Belmont ended up going, and taking down Georgia by 26. Murray State played really close with Arkansas. Um, Drake took down St. Louis um, earlier in the week, uh, and St. Louis just beat Missouri by eight points and put up 90-plus points on them. Uh, UIC played really close with Northwestern. Um, so it was another you know, good non-conference week for for the Valley, and, and obviously you and I and, and Drake are going to be the two top teams probably in the conference throughout the year. Yeah, so I I wanted to add on to just a couple uh, a couple things there. One, the the Milwaukee UIC game was pretty entertaining to watch. I mean, I um, I'm sure as uh, Eric and Mason both know just from our group chat that I might be the biggest Cami Pepler fan on the planet. Um, so seeing her play well is honestly the best thing that could happen to me during a week. Um, and she was awesome in that game. And UIC seemed like they were like really like they might be really really good. Um, granted the Valley is also really good, so I think that they're going to be you know probably a team that can compete a little bit more than maybe some might have expected. Um, but um, then heading up toward that uh, heading up north to that Green Bay. Uh, um, Illinois State game. Um, I thought that uh, Callie Genke probably played the best game of her entire career. I think she finished with like 26.6 rebounds off the bench um, for Green Bay. Um, and it felt like, you know, everything that went wrong for them in that Northern Iowa game went right in that uh, uh, game against uh, Illinois State because uh, what did they end up shooting? They they made pretty much everything that they were throwing up. At least it felt like. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, when you just make a bunch of shots, it's probably pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good way to win games. I mean, uh, so they shot, I believe, two for nineteen against Northern Iowa uh, from the three point line, and you know, against Illinois State, they shot twelve for twenty eight. Like, you know, that's just night and day um, for for them. Um, and obviously, you know, with Cali scoring twenty six and six off the bench, you know, you can't ask for much more than that either. Um, also, um, because uh, I'm also a um, big uh, Parkside guy as well, uh, shout out to, to them for um, coming back after a uh, rough loss against St. Thomas More. It was a, a new D2 program. Um, didn't really shoot it that well um, against St. Thomas More, but then, you know, a couple days later, um, stay home in a, in a, in a pretty pretty big game for them in the GLIAC against Minnesota Duluth. And they just absolutely took them to the woodshed, beat them by 28, um, pretty much dominated that game from the start of the second half onward. So shout out them, um, super young team. Um, and I believe they have eight newcomers 
there this year. So really, really cool to see them uh, get get the ship straightened out um, after a pretty rough opening opening night game for them. And uh, is it time for Eric to just let loose on some of these, you know, top twenty five matchups? Yes. Uh, okay. Well, go ahead, bud. What do you got? <laughs> Listen, I'm going to make my bold statement of the week. Well, a bold st- another bold statement of the week. And I mean this with my full chest, 10 toes down. Cameron Brink was the best player in the first week of play. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't care who had a triple-double. I don't care what, about that. She did it on both ends and did it at an absolutely unstoppable level. Mackenzie Holmes is a preseason all, All-American. Mackenzie Holmes is probably the second best player, maybe third best player in the Big Ten. Cam Cam Brink held her to zero points, zero rebounds, zero assist, zero effect, zero anything in the first half of their game as they dog walked Indiana. She had 20 points and 17 rebounds and five blocks just for good measure. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal someone's tweet. I don't know. I don't I want to give him credit, but I don't remember who said it. Cameron Brink is what Angel Reese thinks she is. Cameron Brink is amazing. Cameron Brink is Eric's player of the week, and it's not even close. She's amazing. That Indiana looked horrendous in that game. And Stanford looks, I really thought Stanford must take a step back and they were going to have to like get on the back of Cameron Brink and just ride that to as far as she could carry them. Nunu looks good. Go shout out Minnesota Hoopers. They have shooters. They Stanford looks good, led by my queen, Cam Cam Brink, Cameron Brink. No, I don't know if you can necessarily. I don't know if you can necessarily be the player of the week when you only score eight points against Hawaii, though. They still want. She didn't need to do it then. She did it when it mattered in prime time against another all all American. There's someone else that kind of did it in prime time too against playing defense. Does it matter if you score 40 points? That's great playing defense. I mean, that's your defense is scoring 40 because points. Because Cameron was able to do it on both ends of the floor, and she stopped an All-American while playing like an All-American. She did it on both ends. Cameron Brink, that, that was beautiful performance. I feel How like you could just sum that all up as just saying. I feel like you just sum it all up with saying, I just don't really like Caitlin Clark. I love Caitlin Clark. I think she's fantastic. I think she'll be a fantastic pro player. She is Diana Tarasi 2.0. How no, many turnovers no. did Cameron Brink have against Ayo? Would she average like one every four minutes? She only had two turnovers. No, she had like five. Oh, I thought she didn't have that many. She's averaging well, three in two games. So she's averaging what? Three in per game. So she she probably had a... I, I doubt know. she turned it over much against Hawaii. She didn't once. Hawaii. She turned over five times against uh, India. I'll still take it. 20 points, 17 rebounds, and holding a McDonald's all or not McDonald's. Jesus, now we're back to high school. <laughs> holding a preseason All American to zero everything. Like, tell me another game where Mackenzie Holmes has been held zero anything. And oh, she, well, she didn't have any blocks. And she handled the ball. Cameron doesn't have any blocks. Cameron yeah, said, you said it. you said to tell you when Mackenzie Holmes has been held to anything. I said. Oh, I meant like, like, I mean, her stat line was zero across the board, except for minutes played in that first half. Cameron Brink showed out that kid right there. I'm telling you like that. She might be my second favorite player in the 
like NCAA this year behind Braun Mamba. McKenna Marissa. Oh. <laughs> uh, somewhere else. It's a good guess. It's a good... <laughs> that was that was my favorite game of the week. I mean, it wasn't really particularly close. It was just enjoyable to watch Indiana get dog walked. Yes, it's always a well, okay. Actually, I take that back because women's basketball, I, I don't really have any bias. But men's basketball, IU almost got beat by two like 350 level RPI teams, including one of the worst teams in Division One, who got beat by like 45 or something to Merrimack. They almost lost to him yesterday in men's. So I think I think uh, Louisville and Indiana should play for the toilet bowl on the men's side. They might. I would love that. They might have to. But we got to talk about now. We talked. We 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 talked about her, and I'm sure her, she's their player of the week. She's the ESPN player of the week. Let's talk about another future goal for pooping the bed in prime time with Virginia Tech losing to the fight in Caitlin Clark's. I would love to know your guys' thoughts on that game. Caitlin Clark is good uh, basketball. Yeah, that's all y'all got. Yeah. Okay, so now here's my question. Now I've I've teased them that I have a question for them. I can't respond to this question because I whine, I complain. Everyone, will, no one will take me seriously. Hey, Coming from you, at least, <laughs> at least you have perspective on right. Coming from you too, I'm curious your thoughts, and I want your honest thoughts. Watching that Virginia Tech game against Iowa, do you agree with the criticism that start not starting, but has grown? And do you agree with the criticism of how Caitlin Clark is officiated? Yay or nay? Is it valid, invalid? Winers just losing? You both your thoughts? I don't think it really matters. It's not like whatever. It's not like the stuff that we say changes how games are officiated. I mean, if she's going to get called, she's going to get called. You just kind of have to, kind of have to adjust. I'm not saying a word because everyone, no one will take me seriously. I'm asking for you two. Well, I mean. If you're gonna argue specifically about kids who get calls that they shouldn't, stuff like that usually goes both ways as well. I mean, would you say that the technical foul she got last year in the national championship game was warranted? Would you say? Would you say no, that was warranted? I mean, they they also went back and made a whole article about how it wasn't warranted. They made sure they corrected them or tried to correct themselves. But it didn't matter. Like it happened. Like I, I mean, I don't really, I don't really see like any use in going back and. I don't you know, just, talking about officiating a game. So it's not like one. It's not like these officials are going out being like, dang, we really have to make sure Kalen Clark gets these whistles or otherwise we're out of a job. Because that's not just, this is not how it works. I didn't say so it. I, I asked a question. There was a lot of heated about how she well, I'm, well, I'm, answering, well, I'm answering your question. I mean, I just, I'm just trying to, you know, I just don't think it really matters all that much. Because, I mean, even if she, you know, it's not like she can't score 40. If she decided, hey, I don't want to take a free throw today, she could still score 40 if she wanted to. Mason. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't have a problem with it because, you know, she's got one of the, the highest, like, usage percentages in the paint, even, like, including those players. So, like, you know, if, if you're going into the, you know, the paint to score the ball, you're going to get a lot of fouls, especially when you're driving and, you know, from the perimeter and you beat your man. So, no, I don't think she's... I mean, yeah, she probably gets fouled a lot more than is actually called, too. So I mean, I mean especially I with, with Iowa, having a lot of kids spaced out in the court, a lot of people that are rotating are, you know, kids are going to be right in front of her. They're going to be kids that are trying to, you know, block shots because they can't get there in time to take a charge. So it's not like are, – are you are you just referring to uh, 
the uh the thing that was kind of blown up when she uh the the elbow that uh she put in well take your pick she took four steps on her way to elbowing some poor girl in the rib a rib so just take your pick okay well to be fair i travels are not a thing anymore really not no they're not so like like, just walk the ball up say well she took four steps but like you, you could find 30 uncalled travels a game so my see, I wasn't I mean, even it's, it's, like star calls happen. Like we've seen them for you know, Paige is gonna find a way to draw calls. I've always said in basketball, the one thing that's annoyed me, not Caitlin specific. I'm saying this once again. Let me confirm, not Caitlin specific. Sounds at like any, this is gonna be something that's Caitlin specific. At any level, <laughs> I hate when a player is allowed when they just want to like they just like if a defender standing there and they just run into them and like just throw themselves and it's like that's not a foul. That's just them running into someone and the defenders standing there like what the hell am I supposed to do? It's done in the WNBA. It's done in college. It's done in high school. I don't like that because I feel like you're just rewarding. Like, if they're not even looking for a shot, like, I was almost going to say a high school player's name. I can't say that. When a player's just <laughs> looking for fouls, but not even looking to try and score or like do anything basketball related, I hate those fouls. And so, like, the I'm going to just going to run. And if I throw the body here, I'm just going to lean forward and then make contact. But then they're going to give it to me because I'm the star. Those I don't like. And it's not, once again, not Caitlin specific. I said at all levels, I almost said a high school kid's name, but I did not. <laughs> that, I think it's, those are the fouls that annoy the hell out of me. Cause like, there's, no, there's nothing basketball positive or negative there. That's just an annoying stoppage because a player wants, because you're giving a star or a player a call. Well, I mean, I would argue that those kids are doing their best to put officials in a difficult position to either make a call or not make a call. And, you know, these things happen very fast and officials make split second decisions and sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. But the fact that those kids put officials in those positions are, you know, the reason that they get to the free throw line or get fouled because they're looking to, you know, put officials in difficult positions to do that. It's And it's and it's an art. And a lot of the best kids that do it just happen to be really good because they get to, you know, they get in, they put defenses in situations where they're uncomfortable and for stuff like that to happen. Um, so I don't think that it's like a bad thing. I think it's more of like a, uh, more of a skill and it's like a gamesmanship thing. I don't think it's like, you know, a negative or, or positive in a game. It's just kids that try to, kids that try to find an advantage or, you know, professionals that try to find advantages in, in any way, shape or possible, any way, shape or form, I should say. Like I said, she is Diana Taurasi 2.0, negative and positive. All aspects of Diana Taurasi, Caitlin Clark embodies all aspects but not caitlin specific i'm not talking about the foul thing i'm saying like caitlin clark herself is diana tarasi 2.0 and if anyone know if anyone watches diana throughout her years you know exactly what i'm talking about the negative the positive she is diana 2.0 i feel like if if you're diana tarasi 2.0 you'd be pretty happy if that's your career yeah you would i mean i, I said negative and positive everything diana that's why i said that's the perfect that's why when was it the final four last year when they had that Sue Bird and Diana thing and they were like, who's your comparison? She's sitting right there. Like she's right there. Everything Diana does, Caitlin has done to a T. It's the exact same mannerisms, mentality, game. Everything is the same. Yeah. Once again, Virginia Tech, Georgia Amors, fantastic. Kitley, you were disappointing. Rose, you deserve what you got. Kitley was disappointing. What? She had 16 and 16. And 
did nothing else, and she missed a lot of fading well, away. Well, that's an awful shots. lot. Yeah, Eric. She also like, got a, you, you she have also to... got a chip. She also, did she get a tooth chip too in that game? By her own teammate, yeah, she whopped her. I don't remember, but like, I don't think that having sixteen and sixteen with three assists and three blocks is like doing nothing. But not nothing. I said she didn't do enough. I I expected more in big moments. They just turned to Georgia Amor, and she Kitley didn't do. Georgia Amor did more for their team than Kitley did, and I would have rather seen Kitley do a little bit more. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with a kid that shoots fifty percent from three and scores three on points having the bulk of the opportunities late. I like George Amor. Don't get me wrong. I would, I hope she didn't there at number seven in the links, get their point guard fix. Not, not, not going to trade up for page is uh, not going to wait for that. We'll just not wait for 2020. We'll just wait for 2025 when all the big names come out. <laughs> oh, well, um, what, what other games? Um, there's a couple of really big ones this week. I know we talked about Stanford and Indiana and, Iowa, Virginia Tech at this point, but is what what other ones are are on are on your mind? South Carolina looks scary, and I don't even I don't even know if there is a weakness somewhere in South Carolina. They look scary. Like yeah, I remember uh, after after that first week, I said they're the number one team, and looky here, they're the number one team. They're they're definitely, I think, easily the number one number one team in the country. I, I don't I don't see anyone beating them. At least until you know non-conference. I mean, they look. I mean, there's. They have shooters now. Cardoso is just eating alive. Middle. You have athleticism. You have defense. You have rebound. I mean, trying to find a chink in their armor is not going well. Maryland found it for like 16 minutes and then completely got blown out of the water. <laughs> I mean, you can hold. You can hold off the dam for so long, and then the water's going to burst. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think of the Yukon? The Yukon. I, I was I didn't realize maybe I was just didn't pay enough attention to NC State. Like they lost some players. People like kind of ripped them off. They have a, when you look at there, they have so many like transfers from Power Five programs. So it's like a Power Five All Star team. Zoe Brooks is fantastic. Sanai Rivers was outstanding. I, I don't know why Yukon and we. Last year they had a lot of injuries. Something about when Paige is there, they almost revert to just watching Paige. And like AZ Fudd doesn't show up and stuff. And it's like, you guys gotta help her. Like too many times when they've lost and during Paige's years, it's been because people are watching Paige. I don't think she got much help yesterday. Aaliyah Edwards did pretty good down low, but they they start going down to Edwards for easy layups once they're already down 10. Um their defense, Gino get working because it ain't it ain't pretty i'm curious to see how both them and maryland respond they play each other and so it's not an easy rebound game for either one of them so but that's my thing if i just something about uconn when Paige is playing they just turn into everyone starts watching Paige and kind of making her do it on her own and she needs the help yeah i agree i think that's going to be a theme throughout the year um and obviously they have players that can step up too to do it. I think it's just, I'm surprised they didn't, you know, a lot of them get the confidence from doing it last year without her and, and FUD. Uh, but, you know, the kids that stepped up last year are, are no longer, you know, at UConn too. So um, another, another game that I thought was interesting was Marquette beating Illinois, um, mm-hmm. you know, by four. 
Um, I think that kind of speaks to maybe Illinois isn't as good as what we maybe thought they would be, even though I still think they're, you know, very good. Um, it's but hard I think to come down also, on though without Cook. Well, Cook hasn't been there the first two games of the year for him. Right. But I also think that it's kind of a, um, you know, an indication of Marquette might actually just be, you know, a lot better than we think, even though we already thought they'd obviously be pretty good. Um, you know, I thought they just played extremely well the entire game, uh, and, and didn't really back down at all whatsoever. Um, you know, against obviously a, a pretty, pretty good opponent, even, even with players they're missing. But I did think that, um, Camille Hobby off the bench played extremely well, you know, came off the bench seven for nine, scored 18 points for, for Illinois, but. Obviously, Carlin outshined her on on the Marquette side, scoring twenty two points. The only other game so, I think I have. To well, talk about is, uh, the one I just want to add one quick thing about Marquette. Um, no. For the most part, they have like a lot of the kids that played like significant minutes for them last year back. Which yeah. I mean, I mean, even if you look at their box, like all of their starters played north of thirty five minutes, um, which obviously means that they are, you know, riding that starting five pretty much into the ground. Um, and, you know, obviously with that kind of experience, it's uh, obviously pretty helpful to have, you know, those kids back. Yeah, definitely. And, and I just wonder, like, you know, with with riding their starting five so, so much, as, as you pointed out, you know, they all played 35 plus minutes. Um, you know, how is that going to hurt them? You know, once they get into more of you know the big east when they have to play you know uh a a game like at villanova yukon and then creighton in back-to-back-to-back games um you know on the road how how is their starting five going to be able to hold up and without playing many of these uh you know young kids off the bench like if if someone gets into foul trouble then you know kind of what's What's going to happen there? I, I mean, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll still be, you know, probably second or third. You know, everyone's playing for second place in the Big East at this point. But, um, you know, I, I think they'll be fine. But I'm just really intrigued to see, like, what happens if an injury hits or, you know, something to that effect. Yeah, that's more than fair. Um, what What else do we got this week? Surely uh, we got some more to talk about. Florida State had a fantastic win over Tennessee. That was a fantastic game. Yeah, you want to talk about your uh, your uh, fantasy player? I didn't have her this year. She, she was injured the first game, so I got Braun Mamba. So. Sorry, sorry, that's right. Well, do you want to talk Rake, about that game? She started Rakia Jackson on Tennessee, the same game. Rakia Jackson. Rakia Jackson did good, 31-17. Can't really complain about those kind of numbers. So she did decent. Tennessee, I don't know what it is. This might come off crude. I feel like their offense died along with Pat Summit. They've never had any semblance of offensive flow since Pat Summit was not their head coach. They have great athletes, great players. They just can't ever... Something always seems to miss. And their style of basketball is not fun to watch. It's very ugly basketball. Like Even when they win games, there's not like shooting or not like really great passing... They just, I don't know, Tennessee basketball is ugly to watch even when they have talented players. 
And unless Candace Parker has any eligibility left or they can get a Ouija board out to get Pat Summit to help them, I don't see ten. I mean, Kelly Harper might want to be dusting off that resume. I never thought I'd hear um, complaints about an offense after they score 91 points in a game. But it's all there. I mean, their offense is all, I mean, that's why they lose. They, they said that game versus Florida State, Tennessee should have probably had that. They are the better athletes, but they just couldn't. I mean, and they got out rebounded by, like, they had the height, they had the girth. The girth, huh? Yes. And they also have another reject from the Gophers who's doing terribly. So between Indiana, Tennessee, and Virginia Tech, go future or former Gophers. Eric, I could not I do not know anyone who roots against former players than you. Correct. Here's Which the thing. I don't know why. why That's why not true. You... Well, but you didn't want them there. Why why are you like no, still like here's the thing? It's not that it's not just former players, because people have left and you still cheer them be like, great, good luck, you know, hey, yay. Cheer them on. It's when they were piss ants while they were here they were poisons to the program while they were here they left with make sure they did parting comments as they left when their asses weren't any better and so i said when sarah scalia left the quote was i want to go somewhere where players work as hard as i do the 22s were coming in and they work harder than you because they actually play defense well they're also taught defense though Fair, but they played. I mean, Mara Braun played defense long before Sarah Galli ever, like long before Don Plitzelwhite ever got there. She at least tried. Sarah pulled, like, I'm gonna point or I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna give effort, but people are gonna drive by me like I'm a traffic cone. Oh, man. I'm perfectly fine that all of them who had a piss poor attitude while here suffer losses. You just hate watch some of these some of these teams at this point. I only watched the Indiana game because of Cameron Brink because I love Stanford. Uh, I love the Virginia Tech Iowa game, so I watched it for that, not because of her. I just wanted to watch her sit on the bench because that's all she did. And Tennessee, I love. I like Florida State. I like me some Brooke Wyckoff because she was a Wayland teammate at UConn, or sorry, not UConn, Connecticut when they were in the pros. Hmm. You're funny. I try. Oh man. Um well <laughs> that's let's, a good, uh, let's that's a good first week though of basketball. Oof. It was a good first week. It was a good first week. Um well let's let's dive into some fantasy stuff. It was scoring update. We do. Um it wasn't pretty. Well it's final, right? It we yeah, it's all final. It's all it's all tallied up on the sheet. I don't know if it's I had to create a new sheet because when you guys started editing it. It like pulled out my formulas because I have them automatically exporting from Sports Reference. Mm, my bad. So I don't know if you have the sheet that's. I don't know. I'll share it with you guys. Um, oh yeah, no, you're in here, Brady. Yeah, so you were trying to give Caitlin Clark an extra point too. Oh uh, wait, no, it wasn't. Like I only had the one thing. I didn't know it was automatically doing that. Yeah. Um. But anywho, yeah, so Brady won 386. Uh, won the first week, 386. Um, you know, all of his his players had really, really excellent games uh, besides – who was that? Oh. Nasira Pryor. Nasira Pryor, yeah, um, <laughs> who had 13 total points. Uh, but but obviously, Caitlin Clark was, was, you know, really good. Worth two players. 
Yeah, basically. And she had three games. So like when Caitlin Clark has three games, it's it's pretty much like Brady's week to win every time. Um, but then yeah, so he had a total of three eighty six. His team played a total of eleven games. Eric had a total of two ninety and his teams played eight or his players played a total of ten games. And then I had the worst week by far. My team only played nine total games only. And I had 199, uh, thanks to Mackenzie Holmes scoring me eight total points uh, and Caitlin Young scoring me 14 total points. Uh, so that was not fun. Um, but Eric and Brady's squad should be full strength uh, since Latson's back. Um, I want Marbron back, though. I, I don't think – so I, I looked this morning. I don't think Diamond Johnson is going to be – back this week um obviously they don't play until wednesday uh so if she is back for her wednesday game obviously she'll be in my lineup um but if not uh, i'm going to go ahead and say that my substitute for the week is going to be hannah hildago um for obvious reasons um so if 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 diamond johnson's back then she goes in obviously and if she's not then hannah's gonna be be my sub with two games this week that was against not ranked the, opponents. So she should that, be. That was not the freshman I thought you were going to take. Who did you think I was going to take? Juju. Well, I looked at them and uh, I looked at their, their stats for the first week. I think Hannah has a little bit more upside simply because, um, you know, she's averaging seven and a half steals a game. Fair. And, you know, is going to need to play a lot of minutes this week for her team because they play two ranked opponents and I don't think Juju is probably going to play as many minutes. So um, I think, I, th- I just think Hannah is, is more stats oriented than. And she has to without Olivia playing Olivia miles still out. Exactly. So that's who I'm going with if, if diamond doesn't play, but again, she's got until Wednesday, so we'll see. But also Norfolk state, once they get diamond, if they get her this year, it can be pretty scary for three and oh. Yeah. Can we in CAA, can I make a plea? Like, don't let her be approved until after the golfers play in Norfolk State. <laughs> oh, they do play. That's funny. I so don't know that. After that game's over, let her approve her all she wants. Maybe you should email the NCAA. They'll probably listen to you. Probably. I'll try. I'll I'll probably share the podcast that. with them. There you go. Oh, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't listen to Eric. I don't know what what he could possibly say to make them not listen to not listen to him. I'll be like, listen, she's the one that transferred twice. <laughs> you didn't make her do it. <laughs> be like, NC State's doing just fine without her. Oh, um, also uh, another game I want to highlight. Uh, once I was just kind of looking through some some teams, um, uh, Appalachian State um does have a couple Wisconsin kids. They pulled Lexi Bukowski and Mackenzie Drought out of Wisconsin. Lexi's gonna run trip this year, um, but they were down twenty plus points in the second half um against Ohio, and they managed to come back and and win that game. And I think they won it pretty handily. And uh, I don't know how many people on their bingo card would have had Mackenzie Drought being a defensive disruptor this year. Um, but she uh, did a really nice job. Um, playing within uh, App State's press and getting them back in the game and eventually winning it by, you know, pretty pretty convincing margin. So shout out to shout out to App State. Yeah. Oh, good find, Brady. Good, good up. Good good eyes on the. 
on the shout out there for Kinsey Drought, who also hit her first college three. Thanks, Ryan, for tweeting that out. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Shout shout out and shout out state for that one. They ended up winning by by seven. They won the fourth quarter, thirty-one to seven. So that's pretty convincing, I'd say. Um, so yeah, shout shout out to shout out to App State. Um, and Boone, North Carolina in general for just being a, uh, from everything I hear, an awesome college town. So here's a fun fact. Did you know that if you outscore your opponent 31 to seven in the fourth quarter, you're going to win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, Ohio outscored them 23 to seven in the first quarter. They just, you know, didn't do it by, you know, eight more points than, you know, maybe they would have won too. Who knows? Yeah. Would have, could have. <laughs> oh. Well, anything else that you fellas want to touch on before uh before we wrap this thing up? I got nothing. You sure? That doesn't sound like you, buddy. Not after next week we'll have the Yukon game and the NDSU game for the Gophers. We'll have another Cameron Brink being amazing wherever she is or whatever she's doing. It's up against why? She didn't have to, please. <laughs> she let she <laughs> let them off the hook. You know who doesn't let people off the hook? Me. You're not wrong. Old grudges. Um, yeah, you do old grudges. I, I, yeah, if Eric holds a grudge with you, it's for life. It, it doesn't matter what you do. It's, you know, for life at that point. But, yeah. Um, Mason, you got anything else before we call it quits today? No. Okay, fair enough. Well, then I uh, appreciate everyone listening to, to the pod again. I think this one was a bit shorter than the ones we've had in the past. So that's, you know, us being more concise which i guess is a good thing yeah more efficient um college basketball seasons around so our efficiency our efficiency rating is definitely up from from the past 32 episodes so appreciate you sticking with us appreciate you sticking with us and we'll we'll talk to you next week hey hey jeff walls